if I want to give someone my opinion, I usually like introspect and think about it and how it would make me feel if I was getting that opinion. If it don't make me feel good, then I don't say it. <laughs> oh, so you think before you speak. <laughs> All the time. Mona, you are a rare gem. <laughs> All the time, Lori. All the time. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 183 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. You know, the other day we were watching, of all things, Seinfeld, <laughs> and uh, George was talking and his parents were apparently thinking about getting a divorce. <laughs> and he says, um, he's like, Oh no, this is terrible. Like <laughs> now I got to spend twice as much time visiting with them because I have to go to one place to visit and then go to another place and visit and imagine how much time this is going to take and how much gas this is going to take. And he said, and I'm not having two Thanksgivings. Yeah. Yeah, and I started laughing. I was like, wow, you know, from a stepkid point of view, um, that that's a lot. Like, when you think about it, it doesn't affect us the way it affects the stepkids because we're not having to balance back and forth between two different, you know, families all in the same day. <laughs> well, it, it depends on the age of the stepkids because when they're younger, we as the adults do have to try to balance that. And I know I actually was writing a blog and I was talking about the difficulties of the holidays. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we can come up with a million different issues during the holidays, but as a step family, well, let me back up. So my parents got divorced when I was 30 something. So all of a sudden have to go to moms, have to go to dads. Well, luckily my dad's like, I ain't doing Thanksgiving. So <laughs> he eliminated a lot of that. But you've got like Jackson, okay? His other grandparents are divorced also. And, and for the new listeners, that's her son. Yeah, sorry. Jackson's my son. So when I had Jackson, we would have to figure out how to go to my dad's and go to my mom's. And then he would also have to figure out with his dad how to go to his mom's and his dad's. Mm-hmm. So it's really complicated, and I'll be honest with you. I started writing this blog, and it made my head hurt <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out how to word it. You know, you're the bio parent's parent, and it just it got so convoluted. So I need to rewrite that. But anyway, the point of that being, if your parents normally do something, say Christmas Eve, and then they split up. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to have it at the same time, I'm sure. But what if one of them says, well, I'll do it Christmas morning? Well, you've already got Christmas morning with your in-laws. Right. So the holidays can be so, so, so very stressful because of that, Mm -hmm. amongst other reasons. But one thing that you and I did, and we talk about this a good bit, is we would celebrate holidays with our kids on days that weren't necessarily the holidays. Meaning, we went so, by our schedule. Right. Our so schedule. sometimes we would do the week before Christmas. Sometimes we would do the week after. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I know, um, so I know a lot of people know Emily Watkins from the Unapologetic Stepmom. She posted something the other day about not waiting until your stepkids are there to celebrate with your kids. So I find it interesting that she and I kind of have different views on this because we're usually on the same page with things. And her thing is, is she's not going to make her kids wait to open Christmas or do Santa until the stepkid comes. Whereas with us, it was never really a discussion. It was, that's what was going to happen. We were going to wait. I mean, I I think it depends on what the wait is. Like if we were having to wait two weeks because it's an every other weekend situation, I think that would be too much to wait two additional weeks. But yeah. I don't. But we we were never in a position where we had to wait two weeks. It, you know, it was a week maybe, and usually it was my kids that weren't here. Right. So I think it just depends on how far that wait has to be. Well, I don't think she had a long wait. I'm gonna have to have her back on here to talk about that. Yeah. Because I don't disagree. I don't disagree with her point. No, I don't either. Uh, I I think it just depends on the distance of time. Well, and two. I guess maybe I wanted Jackson to have quote quote Santa with the brothers. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter to me if we had to push it out a couple of days or do it a week early or whatever. Right. So I do need to talk to her about that. No. Yeah. Date. Well, yeah. Well, normally it just didn't affect us quite as much. And of course we also didn't have to dance around the explanation of how, <laughs> Santa Claus came twice. Well, too, and I, it just hit me as I wrote her name down. These are ours, kids, that she has. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the difference because you had yours, I had mine. We had no hours. Mm-hmm. If we had an hours, would we have made that child wait for, quote, quote, Santa to come two days later if necessary? Right. Or whatever it was. Don't yeah, know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's the difference. But it boils down to this. If it works for you and your family, then do it. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's one thing that I can't get across to people. You might hear something that we say, and you might go, that's fantastic. That would work great. Or you might go, that would never work for me. And then you hear something somebody else says, and you say the same thing. That's fine. Nothing that any of us say has to necessarily work for everybody. But if it's working for you, if you and your significant other are like, this works for us, then continue doing it. Don't look for a way to change it. Don't say, oh, in order for us to use the Nacho Kids method, we have to do it this way. Um, on stuff like that, do what works for you. Now, as I say that, understand, when we when we talk about, and this is shifting subjects a little bit. Well, can I say something before you? Sure. sure. Don't forget where you were. When, if you are struggling when someone says, you should try this, or you hear about the Nacho Kids, don't say that would never work for us. Give things a chance. Oh, I can honestly say when we were going through our problems and we were discovering things that worked, it was often things that we both said, right, that's, that makes no sense. I don't see how this is going to work, but let's give it a try. And it worked. And it did. And it was like, what? This is blowing my mind. And a lot of people tell us that when they... They're, you know, 30 days into the academy and they're like, I would never believed 
that some of these things you're telling me in day one would have worked. And here we are 30 days in and like, wow, what right. a difference. And a lot of people will say, oh, I could never nacho. And then a year later, they're like, man, I wish I would have nachoed sooner. And But anyway, yeah. my point with saying that was, is don't be closed-minded to options. Give things a try if you're struggling in your blend. If you're not struggling and everything's hunky-dory, stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Sing kumbaya. Well, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, if it's not working for you, try something, you know? Right. I mean, try something. And if that something works, keep doing it. If it's not working, then keep looking. And you may find that there are certain things that you pick up in place A and certain things in place B and certain things in place C, and you put them all together. And these are the things that work for you. You just have to find, I mean, you're dealing with people and everybody is different. Their family dynamics are different. Right. You have to continue looking until you find a solution for all the problems that you have. All right. Now go back to what you were going to say, David. I'm sorry to interrupt. So going back to what I was going to say, I made a comment about, um, you know, don't say that you you can't that you have to nacho this particular way because that's the way we say it, and if you can't, if you do it some other way, whatever for that. What I want to bring up is that the nacho kids method or nacho parenting or nacho whatever you want to call it because it takes on a bunch of different names. There, that is a very specific uh, framework. If you go outside of that framework, which is completely fine for you to do, but if you go outside of that framework, please don't tell people that that is your way of nachoing, okay? Because that would be like you going to uh, Weight Watchers and you come back home and you start eating chocolate cake and somebody walks up to you and says, what are you doing? You're like, I'm doing my version of Weight Watchers. No, you've completely went off the framework. It's not. It's no longer what it's supposed to be because you decided to change it, which is fine. You can change it, but don't call it the same thing. Right. And this was actually brought up in our Facebook group because a lady said that her throwing the stepkid stuff away, that was her version of nachoing. No, it's not. The other aspect is people don't often realize that they're not having a problem directly with the stepkids it's indirectly the problem really is with their significant other and that is what we teach you in the nacho kids academy (laughs) that is definitely one of the secrets that we'll let out of the bag there yep david let it out of the bag if you join the nacho kids academy and you do the nacho kids boot camp you will realize while doing that boot camp that hey yeah what my stepkids do annoys the crap out of me but they're only doing what they're allowed to do. And who is allowed to do it? The bio parent. There you go. Well, I wanted to bring that up for a couple of reasons. One is because it, it's a big problem that we face getting the message out about nacho kids. And it's also a problem in that other people that are looking for answers or looking at what nacho kids is, they're coming away with a very, very different opinion of what it is than what it truly is. And we struggle with this all the time. We have people that reach out to us that say, nachoing is this, and we're like, no, it's not. It has nothing to do with that. Or we see other people post their own videos or their own blog post about what Nacho Kids is, and oftentimes it's either completely wrong or half wrong. 
And we spend a lot of time having to go out and reach out to these people and say, let's have a conversation about what it really is. Because somewhere along the way, you've picked up a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And it very well can come from where most people go, which is the Facebook group. It's where so many people are. And if you're out there searching for answers, you may end up there. And that is probably the worst place to actually understand what Nacho Kids is and Nacho Parenting is, which is one reason why we have the not not just the Academy, but this podcast and Nacho Kids blog and all these other resources out there so that people can understand what this is. But like anything, you can't read one blog post or listen to one podcast episode and come away with, oh, this is exactly what this is. Right. It's too complex. It's too complex. And that's a good point to bring up too, David, because sometimes people will say, well, I listened to your podcast, and what you said to one person was contradictory to what you said to the other. Well, person A may be stressed out about cooking. So, nacho cooking. Let the bio parent deal with cooking and all that mess, right? Mm-hmm. But the other person, that may not be an issue for them. So, they don't need to nacho cooking. Mm-hmm. So, everybody's situation is different, but you can't say, like David said, you can't say this is my version of nachoing when you're not nachoing. Put your own name on it. This is my version of Rose's parenting. This is how I, this is how I'm step parenting. There right. you go. Right. But the other thing that people sometimes say is they're looking into the nacho kids method or nacho parenting, and they say um, this is just a cop out for step parents. This is a way for them to to shirk their duties or whatever. The coward's wanna, way out. Yeah. They'll they'll say that it's, you know, gives them a reason to to not be involved and to not have a relationship with the stepkids. That is completely not what it's about. Now I will say it is possible for somebody to use that in that way. In other words, you're gonna say as a step parent, I ain't doing crap for nobody. And then you go, I'm not showing. Well, if I don't know anything about it and you just told me that you're completely not going to do anything for anybody for any reason and you treat my stepkids like crap and then you turn around and say, I'm not showing, well, I'm going to think that's what it is. you know. Right. And not showing is not treating your stepkids like crap. Exactly. It's not. In fact, what we are trying to get you to do is to lower your stress to um, – to find what your true role should be within your own step family to build a better relationship with your significant other and the stepkids. We want all that to happen. It's a process to get you there, which means people that come to us on day one are given very different advice and coaching than somebody who's been there six months, for example. Right. Okay. All right. Anyway, said all that. Yeah, <laughs> said a mouthful. Our guest today refers to herself as Mona the Friend. She doesn't do the stepmom title. Cool. So Mona the Friend has been blending for three years, two twin stepsons, and an hour son too. The hardest part for her regarding the blend has been growing into a family. Best advice, life is not that serious. It's not about official titles. It's about the love you feel within your family. Mm, I like that. I do too. I really like that. And she says, we're not a blend while being one. We're just family. Hmm. Yeah. People do get caught up on 
titles and labels and, uh, shall we say it, expectations? Well, <laughs> not just that, but some people get mad when you say, I'm the stepmom, or this is my stepkid. Like, you're saying they're less than. And <laughs> I've, I've said this before, y'all. It's reality. Just like they are not your kids. That's reality. It's not dissing you. It's not dissing your relationship. It's not dissing the kids. It's reality. It's the truth. I don't know what else you're supposed to call them. Oh, this is my wife's kid. This is my well, husband's kid. Some are saying that the kid may feel left out if you refer to them as their stepkid, blah, blah, blah. It, it's the whole making everybody feel the same. Why don't you ask your kid? Like, I know right now I could ask Jackson, and he would be like, well, I mean, I am your stepkid, so why would you say anything different? Well, because Jackson would be like, well, you're not my dad. Right. Right. And your kids would say the same. Yeah. So he can call me stepdad. He can call me my mom's husband. He can call me David. I don't care. He can call you Goober. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, like, like our guest is saying, Life's not that serious. Like, as long as he's not being disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Let's get to listening. All right. Today, we have stepmom Mona. Actually, it's Mona the friend. Hey, Mona the friend. How are you? Good. How are you, Lori? Doing well. So, tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? So, officially blending since I would say the end of 2018 going into 2019 so for a couple of years now okay and um before then the inner my interaction with the kids was very limited so i didn't really have a chance to like meet them or talk to them much okay so how many stepkids do you have two okay they're twins okay and how old are they 10 all right and they're they're both boys okay woohoo and, and when did you meet them? So I met them, I think, uh, because I knew my husband uh, for a couple of years. I had um, met them pretty like casually in a group setting. Maybe I don't even remember the years anymore, but I want to say it was like at the end of 15, maybe 16. So like, like I said, like I knew of them, but I, you know, there was, um, we didn't officially start blending until like 19. Okay. So did you get to know the kids pretty well before you started blending? No, not really. Because my interaction with them was very limited. Like, oh, hey, what's your favorite color? <laughs> or what kind of Legos are you into? What's your favorite hobby sort of a thing? But I mean, they're at the time when I met them, they were like, when I first met them, they were about four. So they were obviously not, you know, very communicative. They were just, you know, little um, little children running around at that time. Right. Now, was their dad married then? Yes. Okay. So you knew him when he was married? Yes. Okay. And then I guess they split up. Yes, they did. And I was, I mean, I knew him. So I, and actually I was going through my own personal issues and we were, I, we did, we worked on projects together. That's how we knew each other. Mm-hmm. And so for a while we actually didn't have um, any, any interaction and I had gone through a divorce myself. Okay. So I was not in the the right 
frame of mind to really like, you know, talk to anyone again. So it was probably like several years before uh, we actually reconnected. And that was, I want to say like, I think that was like 2017, maybe. Okay. And um, we, uh, (laughs) it was funny because like I was talking about my uh, situation and he started telling me about his and I'm, you know, we, we were like, yeah, you know, marriages uh, sometimes don't really work out the way we want them to do. And we don't ever get married thinking something terrible will happen. Right. Yeah. You don't get married thinking, oh, I'm going to get divorced. No, never. And, you know, even when uh, he was telling me about his situation, I'm like, you have, you know, you have kids. Have you thought about the implications, the kind of effects, the impacts that they're going to deal with. And, you know, the thing that he was uh, really focused on was, I want to build a very strong foundation with my children. Mm -hmm. And he was not able to do that. And so after uh, they had split up, that was like his primary priority. And like, I knew that. And at that time, like we were still dating or anywhere near it. So like I had knew that for a long time. So when he was married, he wasn't able to build a good bond with his kids? I think he had a good relationship with them, but I'm not really sure about all the impacts the marriage had on his relationship with the kids or lack thereof. Mm Mm-hmm. So when he split up, how often did he get his kids? Do you know? Yeah. So in the beginning, it wasn't as much. It was like every Thursday and every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it went to a 50-50 schedule. So it was like Wednesday, Thursday, and then every other weekend. Okay. So that's, um, he he obviously, you know, prioritized all the time that uh, they were with him. And I encouraged that he spend as much time with them as possible because they were still, they were still young. I think they were about maybe six going on to seven at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I encouraged them to have those difficult conversations with them, even though they were only six years old, like, oh, you know, this is a big life-changing moment for them. They're going to live in two different houses. Like it's going to have an impact on them. Right. Even though they they may internalize it, they may not be able to articulate their feelings, but they'll still, you know, feel something. Right. So that um that was really helpful for him. And he always wanted to prioritize his relationship with his kids. So you were a really good friend to him after he got divorced. Yes. And then y'all started dating. Yes. And did he continue to prioritize that relationship with his kids? Absolutely. And that, and, did, and that did not bother you? No, because I believe that a true reflection of a man is how good of a father he is. And he, like I said, he's always wanted to prioritize his relationship with his children. And they were at the age where they, they need that time. I think, you know, when they're young they require more time. And we also had discussed what our relationship, what we really wanted to accomplish from our relationship. We were independently, you know, successful in our careers. 
we both had real estate and like so it wasn't like we had these kind of dependencies economic dependencies on each other mm-hmm. and so we really wanted to etch out some goals for ourselves and like how we view life and it turned out that we have similar uh, philosophies on how we view life how we view uh, rearing children and I did not have any children at the time and frankly I never thought that I would want to have children so like I came from a mindset where like I was self-absorbed, <laughs> selfish, and totally focused on my career, didn't really want to be responsible for another human being when I got into this relationship. And then suddenly there were little two little ones running around the house and I was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got to say this. We hear it all the time. Well, you knew what you were getting into. Did yeah. love blind you so much that you forgot he had kids? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of hard to ignore. <laughs> yes, it is. But uh, I, I, I really hate that statement and that accusation that's underlying that statement. Yes. Like, oh, you knew what you were getting into. Like, yeah, but when you have someone living with you part of the time or most of the time, it's different. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's like everything else in the world. You take a job, you don't know what you're getting into. You get married, not even have kids, you don't know what you're getting into. No. You never really know. You have your own kids and you don't know what you're getting into. Amen, sister. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, so what do I do now? And at this time, before anything happened, I was I was at a happy hour with my girlfriend, and I was telling her, and I was like, you know, I'm clueless. Like, you know, I'm obviously not their mom. I don't want to be their mom. I don't. There's a lot of like societal pressure for like women who get into these situations, and she's like, okay, stop. It's like all you have to be is Mona, and right? All you need to be is yourself consistently and stay true to who you are you don't have to be anything more than a friend exactly and and those, your friend your friend told you this yes well you need to buy your friend a gift <laughs> she you know I haven't talked to her in a while and I miss her so yes I definitely will <laughs> I, I will bring her up and I'll tell her like I've been thinking about what you've told me years ago and how true yes as as time unraveled itself definitely do that I took that to heart and I was like okay that's easy I don't really have to you know I don't have to think about it too much I could just be myself I can teach them skills if they want to learn I can talk to them if they want to talk to me and I um I was I was conversing a lot with my husband my husband now Mm -hmm. and he also said the same thing he's like He's like, well, why don't you just let them take the lead and, you know, just figure it out amongst yourselves? And I was like, well, that's odd. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Considering like, I mean, you know, do you do you have a say so? Like, and I didn't quite understand what he meant at the time. And so these little six, seven year olds in my life and now they're coming to me with like questions. Oh, so are you going to live here? 
<laughs> Where are you from? What do you like to do? And so like they were inquisitive and they wanted to get to know me. And so we kind of started that way. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, we got to know each other more. But the baseline, the friendship that was established, that's what we really built it on. And so as time went on and I realized that our bond was growing stronger, like I actually like them as individuals irrespective of who their parents are, who their families are, whatever. Right. You love them for who they were. Right. And, you know, one day it hit me as to what my husband was saying. And I'm like, I really, really like them. They're like the sweetest kids ever. You know, they're inquisitive. They listen. They're respectful. And, you know, not every stepmom has this. And Mm -hmm. I recognize that. And in some ways, I feel bad that, you know, not every stepmom has my experience. Oh, don't feel bad. Be glad that you do. (laughs) I I am grateful that little angels had dropped from heaven to help me grow as a human being. Because, again, when I came into their life, I was a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And watching them bond with their father, watching them bond with their family, that's what really got to my soul. Right. Oh my gosh. I actually love them. And I'm like, but that's not, I'm like, how do, how did these feelings come about? And like, it was, I guess, you know, as a mom and, and I actually do have a son and I realized that it's just one of those things that kind of just clicks one day and you're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize we became a family so quickly. So you do have a son. Yes. And how old is that son? He actually turns two today. Oh, happy birthday, baby boy. (laughs) Thank you. So you've got a son now. Yep. And you said you love these stepkids. Yep. And I believe you. Is there a difference in the way you love your stepkids versus the way you love your son? Oh, yes. It's, um, and it's a feeling. Right. That I can't describe. But I love each of them in a very different way, too. Right. And that's normal. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes when I read articles about the kind of experiences stepmoms have, and sometimes very naively, yet very innocently, I'm like, but you can have feelings for them and not really be their parents. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's so wrong. Right. Yeah. Because... Well, they say that it's wrong. They, when I say they, I'm saying society, which turns into a lot of stepmoms, say that it's wrong if you love your biological child differently than you love your stepkids. You can't deny DNA and that they are biologically yours. There's a difference. Yes, there is. Yeah, I love my stepkids. And I would do anything in the world for them. But the love I have for my son is different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I completely agree. And even taking out this, you know, this biological thing out of the equation altogether, we as people love everyone differently. Right. You're right. And and I think 
in some ways, like in this world where there's like stepmoms and stepkids and, the you know, blending families or there's just way too much emphasis on the titles and roles and responsibilities instead of feelings and emotions that are very true for these children that are very true for the adults who are coming into their life. And sometimes they're guilted into having like some kind of forced relationship with them or guilted into like, oh, well, you know, I have to do this. And then of course, all these things, because they're very basic human emotions, they obviously lead into resentment. So yeah, it's, um, again, like I say, very naively yet very innocently when I, when I read about and when I come across certain situations, I'm like, but that's just a normal human emotion. Right. Right. And it's okay not to love your stepkids too. Yeah. That's you can like them. Right. You don't have to like or love everybody that is placed in your life. Oh, absolutely. We don't like everybody. I mean, let's just be honest about that. (laughs) That's right. Yesterday, I didn't like David. (laughs) Hey, that happens. (laughs) It's, It's natural though. It's like, why is it that when we get into these situations and we're adults, right? So, and you know, the it's it's usually like children that are the younger ones in the equation most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so, why aren't we just looking at them as children? They're just children. They're going to do children things, right? They're going to say stupid things. They're going to do stupid things, and a lot of times they're going to do things I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, as a stepmom, when little Johnny, the stepkid, does something versus your sweet little baby boy bio kid, sometimes, or most of the time, it affects you differently. So you can see that little Johnny left his shoes and it just drives you bananas. Your little baby boy leaves his shoes somewhere and you're like, oh, sweet baby, must have been in a hurry. <laughs> I know. I, you know, it's, it, I, obviously before having my son, I, I didn't realize that kids, kids just do destructive, stupid things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when my stepsons would do something, I'm like, I don't get it. Why do, why do they do that? Why do they say that? And yeah, and my husband would always remind me, like, remember, they're just kids. Right. And then when my son was born, like, but mind you, even when my son did those things, it drove me crazy because it's like equality of judgment on all kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, it's like, no, I'm not the coddling type. If you fall down the stairs, like, don't expect me to run after you. I expect you to get up and walk up the stairs. What? Mona. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I, I'm that mom. You're a tough mom. And even with uh even even with my stepsons, I always viewed it as like I look 10, maybe 15 years beyond, and I'm like, well, when they're 18, when they're 30 years old, like what what kind of adults would I like them to be? Right. What kind of adults do I envision? And a lot of my relationship is built upon the foundation of well, what do, what did I need when I was eight years old? Oh, Lord, honey, if you can think back it, that far. I, I had a pretty turbulent childhood. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just me and my younger sister and my parents were, they just moved to America. We didn't have any money. I slept in a sleeping bag for like most of my life. And really the only support I had was my sister. Okay. Because my parents were just surviving. Mm-hmm. And I, luckily I had my sister to talk to about life in general or about, you know, if there was something that was bothering me, I wanted to vent. And when I think about my stepkids and the, you know, the major life event that they went through in their life, their parents getting divorced, I just viewed it as, well, is there something you want to talk about? Right. Is there something that bothers you? Mm-hmm. And there was one time, I, I can't remember the years, but it was before I had moved in. I didn't move in, I guess, until 2020. So it was maybe in 2019. One of my stepsons was sad. And so I asked him what was bothering him. And he was like, I wish I didn't have to go back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, what bothers you about it the most? Like, because it's too much moving around. And he looked at me and I was like, I didn't want that for you either. Because I, because I genuinely don't. Right. I don't want that for any child. And, you know, for him to know that, you know, like, I actually understand your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have a lot of compassion for what you've been through at your very little age. And they don't realize it now, but it's going to make them so much more resilient to real life issues that will hit them later on. Well, you said the, the visitation is kind of 50-50 now. Why don't they do one week on, one week off? They haven't gotten around to it yet. And frankly, there's a lot of matters I just stay out of. I hear you, girl. It's really not uh, not my call. Uh, you know, if my opinion's asked, I will give it. Yeah. But if it's not, I won't. I'll let the parents handle it. Because kids should have the most exposure to their parents. You have that lane drift warning sign, don't you? That beat that goes <laughs> off in your head. You're like, whoop, 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 let me get back in my lane. Right. And (laughs) like my my husband and I would talk about things and he would ask my opinion. And, you know, if it's like, like a scheduling thing, well, you know, it's like, I'm going, am I going to be around? Is it like, does it conflict with work? Because we both work from home. So we have flexibility, but we still, we still have pretty busy days here and there. Yeah. So he'll ask my opinion. I'll give it. The reason I ask that is because I know with my stepkids, when we started doing week on, week off, it was easier for them. Yeah. And I can imagine that it would be, it would be easier because then there's maybe one transition day, which would would be like Monday and not like a break in the week. Right. And they feel like they have a place to live rather than going back and forth. And like you said, the transition days are rough for everybody, so it l- lowers the number of those that they have to experience. Right. Yeah. But right. I applaud you for staying out of that. That's good. You're doing great. <laughs> I it just it doesn't really impact it me like personally. Yes, I, you know, live here and they come here and stuff and so like for me it wouldn't make a difference either way. Right. So, yeah. No, I I I keep my nose out of everyone's business. <laughs> <laughs> that's good and thing for, and, and for good and for good reason I just um 
I, I I don't know how I don't even know how it happened. I think it's just the kind of person I am. I usually am just more reserved and I pay attention to my own life. And mm-hmm. if I want to give someone my opinion, I usually like introspect and think about it and how it would make me feel if I was getting that opinion. If it don't make me feel good, then I don't say it. <laughs> oh, so you think before you speak. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> Mona, you are a rare gem. (laughs) All the time, Lori, all the time. So you came in and you were kind of confused as to what your role was going to be. And everybody's like, just be you. Let things form naturally. So did you start telling the stepkids like, you need to clean up your room or you need to pick up that toy or you need to eat such and such for dinner. Did you start doing that stuff or you just completely left that to dad? I've done a lot of babysitting in my time. And plus I've also been pseudo guardian for my younger sister. So like that just comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Like if there's any child in my house, including my own son, like pick it up please. And put it where it belongs. And, uh, the, the kids were very receptive to that. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We made a mess. We're, we'll clean it up. And then they'll do they'll clean it up to the best of their ability. That's good. And, and I think it was it was because of the relationship that we were building together. Right. It was a bit of give and take. Like they wanted something or, you know, in our in our house, we do. <laughs> We have this cute little thing where, like, I'm Superior Court, but Daddy's Supreme Court. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, if they want something, they'll come to me like, Mona, can we stay up an extra 20 minutes? You know, and if it's a school night, it's definitely a no-no. But if it's, you know, if it's a weekend and you're just, you know, just having fun, okay, that's fine. And then, you know, if there are times where I say no, they can go to their dad and their dad can reverse whatever I said, and it would be fine. Or if their dad had told them, oh, you can't do this. And then they try to sneak around him and come to me. And then he'll come in. He's like, nope, I told you, you're not going to do that anyway. So stop asking her. <laughs> so they'll ask you sometimes before they even ask their dad. Yes. they. I think they look at me as like, well, I'm their friend. So it's like, oh, it's easier. <laughs> right. Now, here's the thing that I want everybody that's listening to realize. You treated them as a friend. However, you were still able to say, hey, little Johnny, can you pick your shoes up off the floor? And it not be a big deal because you came in as a friend. And when you told little Johnny to pick his shoes up off the floor, you probably approached it from a friendly standpoint instead of an authoritarian standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, if, you know, if I ask you and you do it great, but you may not want your parents to come around me and then you get in trouble. Right. So have you ever asked them to do something and they're, they say no, or they just don't do it? And you've had to say something to them again to remind them or go to their dad and say, hey, I asked little Johnny to do this and he hasn't done it. It hasn't been like a, you know, disregard because they don't do that. They're mm-hmm. actually very respectful. Yet because they're kids, they do forget. Right. And so, you know, because uh, 
like video games in our house are a privilege. So if I've asked you to clean up your room on Saturday morning, your dad will know that I asked you to clean up your room Saturday morning and he'll go behind me and check, make sure it's done. And then if it's not, then he'll deal with it. Okay. So when you ask them to clean up their room, do you say, Hey, you need to clean up your room or Hey, your dad said you need to clean up your room or you just say it. And then if it's not done, dad deals with it because you said he goes behind you and checks, which is good because a lot of bio parents don't do that. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, and like it's uh, cleaning is just like one example. And then most of the time it's not even serious, but yeah, if I, if I see something that, that, you know, they had left or they need to pick up, I'll just say, Hey, can you pick that up? Uh, take it back to your room and they will. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like cleaning their room, sometimes it's like, well, we'll clean one side. We won't do the other. You know how kids are. Uh huh. And so that's when I'm like, okay, so here's what you need to clean. You need to clean zone A, zone B and zone C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these need to be placed on back on the bookshelf, uh, you know, in a neatly fashion. All your Legos need to be back on the mat. All your toys need to be off the floor. And so, like, they have clear instructions as to what they need to do. Right. And then I would just, you know, let my husband know that that's what I told them to do and that's what they should be doing. And so when they're not, that's when my husband will intervene and ask, hey, did you clean up your room? Did you clean up zone A, B, and C? And then... You, they'll say, yes, we did. And we'll just say, okay, that's fine. We believe you. So we also have that trust system. When uh, when they tell us that they've done something, we trust them. And then if it's not done to expectation, we try to give them some kind of constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not done exactly in the same way, or you know, it's not clean enough. We don't resort right to yelling because uh, it just doesn't work. Right. I think it just like adds unnecessary stress to everyone. And, you know, then like things just don't get done. Right. Instead, if you didn't do something, either I will check later on, make sure you did. And if you didn't, I will tell you to go do it. And most of the time they, they, they respond and they do it. It's, um, it, you know, it's not that they need strict directives directly from their father only. Right. They, they do listen to me. They listen to their grandparents. My sister also comes visits the family. So like they'll listen to her too. So they have this, um, a pattern for listening to their elders and they've always had that. So I think we've kind of just built on that. Like, well, you know, there, there are people who are older than you, you respect them accordingly and you do listen to them. Even if you disagree, you do listen to them. (laughs) Right. So would you say that, and I'm not trying to put a label on you since we had talked about labels, but would you say that you parent them to the extent that maybe a nanny would, but you don't discipline them? Yeah. And there are times where I've caught them fighting and throwing stuff at each other and I've yelled at them send them to their room, kept them there. Mm-hmm. And uh, their father, it, um, he, if he agrees, he will uphold that. 
And so they do respect like, oh, well, you know, if Mona sends me to my room, I'm, I must have done something mm-hmm. because that doesn't happen. Right. But when it comes to like, you know, real discipline, like, oh, I'm going to take this away from you or, you know, you you don't get to play video games. That comes from those orders come from the Supreme Court. <laughs> OK, OK, OK. <laughs> and that makes sense. And that's where they should come from, because that yeah. keeps you on a different level of still building that bond with those kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It keeps everyone stress free, really. Like, I don't I don't have to stress over them not doing something. If I tell my husband, oh, hey, I asked them to do this. Uh, they don't seem like they're doing it. But a lot of times it's just them. It's just kids being kids like they're forgetting or they're just or they just they got sidetracked and distracted and they just started doing other things and goofing off. And that happens. And sometimes we just have to stay, take a step back and think that like it's not that they're outright disobeying or being disrespectful. They're just being children. Right. Yes. And so many stepmoms take it personally. If little Johnny spills a drink on the floor, a lot of stepmoms think that he does that intentionally. Or if they tell little Johnny to pick up their shoes and little Johnny ignores them, then they think, oh, he's just doing that to be mean to me. And a lot of times it's not. I'm trying to think of a better example because those weren't good ones. I... I've I've came across worse ones that I probably will leave off of this friendly podcast, but I do understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. And I think that there's a lot of stepmoms out there who just feel like it's all personal. Yes. And I, I think there are a lot of underlying issues like, oh, you know, do you, do you have opinions about your significant other's divorce? Do you have opinions about mm-hmm. their mom? Mm-hmm. Do you have opinions about them? And I I think that unnecessarily brews resentment and stress in a relationship where it really doesn't belong. Right. And my husband and I, when we decided that, you know, we wanted to be serious and we, you know, we were looking at getting married someday, one of the things that was very clear for us is all of our kids are going to be great productive adults of this world. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of work because it's a lot of work that we have to do. It's like, well, are you, are you conducting yourself in the most positive manner? Are you being true to yourself? There are times where I've yelled at my stepkids and I was wrong and I went and actually apologized to them Mm -hmm. and told them that I was wrong. And they turned, they're like, I accept your apology. How does your husband feel when you yell at the stepkids or say, for instance, you tell them not to do something and he doesn't agree with that? How do y'all handle that? We haven't. I think maybe we had one, one instance where I may have yelled at them. It was, it was a very, very long time ago and he didn't agree. And so we talked about it separately. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it was, you know, it, this was, uh, this was before I had a kid of my own to remind me how 
annoying kids can be. <laughs> yeah. And so when something like that happens, I think it's very important for the adults to understand each other's perspective, but also keep in mind that they're still just kids. Right. And so, yes, I've yelled at them, but it hasn't been like on the top of my lungs or something. Right. I just raise my voice and they know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, you got kind of stern with them. Right. Yeah. And nowadays, because they're getting older, it's a lot more crucial for us not to yell at them and really like have them understand why some things are important. Mm -hmm. Like cleanliness, like, well, you should be clean because then you'll know exactly where your stuff is. Right. So we've had situations where both of them have lost their toys, their books. And my husband and I just look at them and say, Oh, well, if you cleaned up, you would have found them. Mm -hmm. They don't lose, they didn't lose those items again. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, differences of opinion obviously do happen. We are all human beings. Right. But I think it's also important to keep in mind the example you're trying to set. Right. And I think also that you realize that he is their parent and what he decides goes. Like you said, he's the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so if it's like, well, I don't want them to do this or I disagree and, you know, they can, you know, they can go on playing their video games, don't have to clean their room, which never happens, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm also I'm also cognizant of the fact that, you know, well, when I was 10 years old, I didn't care a hell of a lot anyway. Right. And I did whatever I wanted to do. So it's like. Like I said, nowadays, and I would say it's a it's been a trend since COVID happened because COVID gave us a chance to be in close proximity all the time. And mm -hmm. <laughs> it gave us a chance to, I thought it was a blessing because it gave us a chance to get to know each other much Ooh. better. Yeah. All I have to say is thank you, Jesus, that my stepkids were already out of the house when COVID came. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, honestly, I had already started re-engaging with them, and we were in a really good place by that point. So I'm sure it would have been fine. But my own kid about drove me crazy when COVID hit. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. Like you said, it's kids being kids. And it's like, yeah, you're going to get annoyed at them. That's completely natural. And I, and I think that's why my husband understands, too. He's like, well, yeah, they annoy me, too, and I have to yell at them, too. Right. And, you know, they should understand and learn that there are elders uh, who give them directives. And it's not always that they're trying to parent you or discipline you. It may be like a mentor. Like right. you, when you go to school, you have to listen to teachers. Right. Yes. And so that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of where my space has always been. I work on logistics, make sure things are in order. Yeah, I know what the clothes size are and I know where the medicine is. Mm -hmm. I, I focus my energy on like skills and making sure they have fun, creative things to do. If they like to do them, you know, they get older, they have new hobbies. So kind of encourage that and encourage independence. Right. Like, well, there's uh because they're twins. So like, well, you know, spend some time apart. You know, do your own thing, do things that you like. Mm -hmm. And so 
our relationship has been, has always been like that. So going back to what my friend said, I'm so ever so grateful that she gave me that advice right from the start. Yes. I'm glad you took it. And I think it was also my state of mind too, because I didn't want to have kids. (laughs) Right. You didn't want to come in and play mommy. No. And it was like, well, you have a mom. And sometimes I feel weird even referring myself to their stepmom because I'm not, I don't, I don't live in that space. I'm Mona and I'm happy being the Mona. Yes. Yes. And I think it's also a bit of self-security. Like I'm secure with my relationship with them. Like I don't need people to, you, you know, give me labels or reassure me or give me accolades for like, you know, oh, milestones or whatever. I'm just like, when they grow up and they make good decisions, that's all we ever need. Right. That's all we ever need. Like, this is a major phase in my life where there are children involved, which mm-hmm. means like I need to make sure that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I'm in the right space of mind to be the best possible example. Mm-hmm. So... And- it's been difficult. Like it sounds glorious, but like I've, I've had a lot of work to do to get to that space. Yes. It, it, it doesn't come easy. No. So do you have any contact with BioMom? So we uh, do share chat together, me, uh, their mom and my husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I focus on logistics. So if there's something that asks that I can answer, I will say something. And if it doesn't pertain to me, my husband will handle it. So we kind of have a good thing going there. Right. If I really needed to reach out to her, I can. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know her that well. I never really got a chance to know her that well. So I don't really have like a set opinion. I think it's, it's always been cordial when, we were at like cool events or like sporting events. Mm-hmm. And so I just look at it as, well, it's my stepkid's mom. Right. And uh, they have the best possible relationship you can have with both of your parents. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my perspective. So how do your stepkids get along with your our son? Did you notice any changes in them, like jealousy or anything? They know. and. I, I, we, I think I give that credit to them too, because they are good little humans. Mm-hmm. When we first told them, uh, they were um, like, "Oh, there's going to be, there's going to be another baby in the house." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah." At the time, we knew that it was a boy, so like, "Yeah, it'll be another, it'll, it'll be a little brother in the house." And so they were excited, and um, <laughs> one of them one evening came to me and was like, you're still going to care about us, right? Oh. My God, I shed so many tears. (laughs) I bet you did if you were pregnant. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was like, of course. Like, nothing's going to change. I'm always going to be here for you. It's, you know, it's this this is a new addition to our family. It doesn't take away anything from what already exists. Right. And I'm so glad that they asked you that. Because if they wouldn't have asked, you may not have thought to address it. But kids need reassurance that just because there's a new baby in the home doesn't mean that you don't matter or that you're being pushed to the side. Because a lot of times with a baby, and everybody knows this, all the attention's on the baby. 
But even you just telling them, no, I'm not going to care about you less because of the baby. Oh, absolutely. Then and that that helps them. Yeah. And you, you know, you want to give them the space to kind of adjust to the news. Mm-hmm. And then also, well, you know, there's a new baby coming. And at the time they were older. So we asked them if they were staying in the same room at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, the baby's going to need a room. And we have two other rooms. And to, you know, to remain and create that sense of equality, we discussed it amongst ourselves. And and I told my husband that it's important for them to know that all the kids are equal in this under this roof. Mm-hmm. And so we went to them and we explained that the baby's going to need his own room. And initially they thought the baby was going to stay with them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's okay. We're just going to move our toys to the side and you put the crib over it right in front of the closet. <laughs> oh, they already had it figured out. <laughs> they had plans. And we explained to them why he needed his own room. And then we also gave them the option. Well, hey, since, you know, the baby's going to need his own room, do you want your own room? Right. And they were like, yeah, sure. And so we're like, okay, well, the the rooms are on the other side of the hall. You go in them and pick which one you want. And they both did. And we moved uh, their stuff into their own their own rooms accordingly. And so all the kids have their own room. Oh, that's great. Now, I know a lot of parents and step-parents, they don't have that ability to have everybody have their own room. But I think it's important to explain to them, if they weren't able to have their own room, that the reason the baby needs his own room is because he sleeps a lot. He's going to wake up in the middle of the night. And, you know, just the age difference. And and while all those things in our adult heads are rationalized to their little innocent little hearts, it's like, but why don't I get that? Mm -hmm. And luckily we had, we had the space to accommodate that because I know a lot of people don't and my compassion for them, because that's a, that, that, that's a tricky situation to tackle. Right. If you don't have the space and then you have to give the baby his own room. And it's like, well, you know, does that mean, oh, you're already preferring him over us? Right. But I do believe talking to them is important. Even though they may not like it, they may not fully understand it. You have tried to convey to them the reason the child needs their own room and they can't have their own room right now. Right. And and that is important. And I think kids understand that. Mm-hmm. And they were prepared if they had to stay together in a separate room, they were still prepared to do that. It's just, they were like, well, if we have the option, it would be nice to have our own room. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, our space can accommodate it. And so, okay, you can have your own room. So then all kids have their own space. I kind of thought that you were going to tell me that after you moved them and they had their own rooms that they ended up staying in the same room together anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So initially, what's funny is because they're twins and they've always stayed together in the same room mm-hmm. that they're uh sometimes they did sleepovers mm-hmm. <laughs> in each other's rooms. Yeah. But then there were times and I think even more so now because they're older 
they're just like, okay, no, I'm going to go to my room and I want some peace and quiet. I'm like, okay, right. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And and they announced it to like, okay, I'm going to go to my room for some me time. <laughs> right. And we encourage that. Like you should have your own time. You're you, you don't need someone around you constantly to like, you know, entertain you. You should be your own, you know, source of happiness and, and entertainment. Right. That's important that they play it by themselves. Yeah, sometimes we have to force it to kind of create that independence because they're so used to just playing with each other. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes they're, you know, they're arguing about the dumbest thing, like, oh, I want that color controller. Yeah, it's time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, really? Am I mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times we won't even intervene on their fl- fight, and we're like. Okay, this is this is so dumb that I'm not even going to ha- I'm not even going to say anything. You need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to entertain this. It's crazy. <laughs> like you need to figure it out. Either you know you you know you work it amongst yourselves or you step away from it. I, I don't I don't care what you do. Just figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um it's been uh it's been quite pleasant. And with the baby coming, initially they did realize that he was up in the middle of the night uh we were up in the middle of the night and that there were times when the baby needed more attention but what me and my husband did was because we were tackling this together we would carve out time where we also spent time with the kids too without the baby yes and also i encouraged him to spend as much time with them as possible alone too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, the baby's going to be here, but like, let's maximize your time with them when they're here. Right. That is so important. And I'm so glad that you realized that because I know way too many stepmoms, again, they take things personally. So if dad wants to spend time with their bio kids, the stepmom feels left out. Yeah. Or they say, he doesn't pay me any attention when they're here. Well, I understand. But at the same time, find yourself something to do and let him be a good dad. Yeah. And there's also things that you can do with them to where you don't feel left out. Yeah, you can do stuff with them without the dad. Right. If you have that relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, I do understand the insecurity and the the jealousy that comes with it, it's because it's not your conventional relationship between just two people. Right. And they're not your kids. Right. Right. And what's funny is when I came across your podcast and Nacho Kids, again, very innocently, yet very naively, I was like, doesn't everybody think this way? <laughs> no, Mona, you are a rare gem, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> like, doesn't everybody know they're not your kids? <laughs> you know, people get so offended by it. But, well, it started when I said that to David. I was like, they are not your kids. And we started laughing. But it's reality. It's not trying to say that you're not a good stepmother or you don't have a role in their life. You can be a mentor. You can be a confidant. You can be their biggest cheerleader, but you're not their parent. Right. Right. And I don't, again, I think, you know, the titles and the societal pressure Mm -hmm. and 
the thing is like normal parents like biological parents go through all these emotions with their yeah. own children yep but that's okay and it, when you know when society's like oh no you can't feel like this about someone else's kids or you have to feel this way about someone else's kids normally what i would recommend to these adults is stop reading this crap yes well what's funny though is they will say, you have to treat them like your own. Even the grandparents will say that. Oh, Lori's not treating them like her own. But if you discipline them, it's, oh, Lori's picking on those kids. Yeah. It's, it's so convoluted. Be you, focus on your marriage, focus on your relationship with your bio kids, and then focus on being an adult to the stepkids. And adulting is very different than parenting. Adulting is being the mentor, being the friend, making sure they don't kill each other with a knife. Parenting yeah. is taking away the Xbox or putting them on restriction or taking the car away. Those are parenting things. Right, right. And mm. adulting is hard. Oh, yeah. To, to everyone out there who's embraced adulting over parenting, the adulting is far more difficult, but adulting is also far more enriching. Yes. Because I've noticed through my own journey and I tell my stepsons, I'm like, you have helped me grow as a human being. You have helped me become a better version of myself. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have recognized this about me. And for them to get that reassurance, for them to feel like, oh, they belong, that, you know, this is also their home, that they're, you know, they're also welcome here and that, you know, they live here. So it's, well, of course, this is part of your life, but of right. course it is. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves is when a stepmom says, my house, my rules. Your significant other lives there too. It's their house too. I don't care if they pay for it or not. It should be their home and yeah. the stepkids home. Yeah. The stepkids should never be made to feel like they are coming to visit the stepmother's home. Yeah, that that just that just gives me a weird feeling, Lori. Yeah. And yeah. like I told you before, like, you know, we don't even like use the these titles or even though they they haven't even heard me refer myself as their stepmom. Like oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I everywhere I go, I'm like, oh I'm with them. My name is Mona. Yeah. So do they ever refer to you as dad's wife? Nope. They refer me they refer me as Mona. <laughs> like this is this is Mona. Yeah, don't y'all know who Mona is? <laughs> and for and for me that means more to me than the title. Yes. Because yep. the feeling behind it, the 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 sense of security behind that relationship, that's where the real deal is. It's not in the stupid title. Yeah. We don't, and I, I mean, I refrain from, you know, the stepson title as well, because I don't inadvertently want them to feel like they're different from their brother. So do you call them your sons? I just call them the kids. Right. <laughs> like I, I've, I've been in practice of doing that. Like, oh, it's the boys. Oh, it's the kids. Like, it's not, you know, we don't, we don't try to, you know, separate them. So, you know, they do have that sense of bonding. And I've noticed that, 
after the baby came, like we didn't force them to watch him or do anything. It was like, well, we'll wait. And when they want to interact with the baby, then, you know, we'll give them the space. And Mm -hmm. they just grew their own bond by themselves. Right. And that's the best way. Because it was enforced. And that was, uh, that was the way I formed my bond with them. So I knew that I, because I had some experience doing that, that if we just let it be, things will fall into place. And I think that's really, I, I acknowledge that it is mentally very, very challenging to just let things be. But yes, I promise you, whoever is listening, whoever needs to hear this today, this is just a phase. Mm-hmm. The kids grow up. They have they, their own life. They do. And what you want them to remember is great memories of their childhood. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and that everyone was a family. Everyone cared about each other. Everyone had great laughs. We celebrated a lot of holidays together. That's what you want them to remember. That's what right. you want to really pass on. Mm-hmm. The memories, the good memories. Exactly. and. My husband and I have worked a lot on our own relationship, and that's really the foundation. Mm -hmm. Both of us are in this relationship, and then we have kids. Right. And our philosophy is, well, we do have our hobbies. We have things that we like to do together, things that we like to do separately, things that we like to do with all the kids, things that we like to do with one or two or, you know, to you know, a compilation of the kids, like, you know, we try to encourage their hobbies and spend time with them one-on-one as well. Right. And you can't do everything together, especially with the age difference with these kids. No, no, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And sometimes when you try to cram everything into like, you know, quote unquote family event, it gets tiring. Yes. When you get tired and you get tired enough times, that is going to turn into anger. Mm-hmm. Don't let that happen. Yep. Stop yourself the first time you get tired and say, hey, we're going to split this up and manage this differently. Right. I look at my stepsons and I'm like, well, they're boys. So I tell their father, I'm like, well, they might actually enjoy doing these things with you because all of you are men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they might not have the same experience with me because I'm a woman. Right. And that's okay too. And like you said, it's okay if you take one of the kids to go get, go to the store with you or your husband takes one of the kids because everybody needs to keep those relationships. They're separate relationships within the family. Right. Exactly. And it's sometimes one is a lot more manageable than three. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then the other one will stay at home, entertain the baby, ride around the scooter with him. See stuff. They they do silly stuff like that in the house. So they they have their fun with their brother. They have fun with each other, and then some. Um, you know, the things that we would like to see more often than not is just just laughter and peace. Right. Because. There's, 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 there's enough stress in the world and there's enough stress in our lives as it is. We really don't need to pass that along to our kids. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mona, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciated having this discussion with you. I haven't had 
this discussion with a lot of people. Why not? I think it's because maybe in some ways people don't care about the stepmom perspective. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really bother me because I, I, I don't care about what someone else thinks. Right. I usually look at the kids and I say, hey, if there's something that I can do for you, if there's something more that I can do for you, I'll be more than happy to do it. And then everyone else can just be in their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of stepmoms are going to be glad to hear what you've had to say today because they too are struggling to find that role when they can just be them and they don't have to be stepmom. I'm Lori. I'm proud to be Lori. I don't need to be anything else. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Being Lori is more than enough. Exactly. All right. Well, you have a great day, but I do want to have you back in a couple of years when those little boys hit teenage years to see how smoothly things are going then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see if you have that great, same positive attitude. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember myself as a teenager. So. Well, I was going to say, I think you will. I really do think you will. So it'll surprise me if I talk to you in a couple of years and you're like, oh, my God, this is killing me. That would surprise me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the confidence. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks again. And we'll talk soon. Yep. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. One of the things that step parents have an advantage to that bio parents don't is step parents can choose their role. But that role has to work for everyone. Yep. For instance, when we first got together, my role was to be quote, quote, mom of the house here. That didn't work, Mm -hmm. y'all. It didn't work. (laughs) Mm -mm. It worked for me to be mom to my son and to be a nacho mom to the stepkids. That's what worked for us. And one thing that we talked about was life not being that serious. I've started watching Whose Line Is It Anyway (laughs) in the mornings when I'm getting ready. Because we have to remember what we feed our brain is as important as what we feed our bodies. So if we wake up and we're grumpy and we're in the shower and getting ready and we don't have anything to break that grumpiness, we'll say, then we're going to stay that way. Whereas... If you watch something like bloopers or listen to something, you might not want to watch something in the shower or the whose line it is it anyway, they crack me up. So I find myself starting my day off with laughter. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. It is. And no, when I go to get in the shower and get ready, I might not be in the best mood. But then one of the people on whose line it is it anyway or the news bloopers, whatever it is that I decided to watch that day makes me laugh then all of a sudden it changes the course of my day. Yeah. You know, that's one reason why some experts tell tell you not to look at the news or don't even pick up your phone for the first hour of the day. You know, find start out by journaling gratitude and doing those types of things. What they're telling you is you need to start your day off with uh, things that are good for you. Laughter, mm-hmm. that are uh, positive. Thank- thankfulness, yeah, positivity, all those types mm-hmm. of things. Start your day that way, and you will your day will go much better for you. I start my day with Wordle. 
Yeah. Yeah, we do that. We have like a little family <laughs> wordle thing we do. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun actually because my dad will post his and then we all just kind of go in and follow and put our answers and see how we did that day. So mm-hmm. it's, I look forward to it. And I guess it's because it's kind of a, a bond with my dad. Yeah. So anyway, do something fun in the mornings. Watch I Love Lucy. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. David's sister watches cartoons still. <laughs> yeah. It's more her level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we know mornings can be stressful. And so start your day off right. And and remember, there is always something to be thankful for. And today is the 2nd of December. Mm. Christmas is coming. Hanukkah's coming. Whatever you celebrate is coming, folks. <laughs> Whatever you celebrate. And as soon as you think you got through all that, then Valentine's is here. <laughs> well, you forgot New Year's. Well, I don't, I don't consider that. It's not like a gift-giving holiday. No, but I used to not like the fact Jackson wouldn't be here on New Year's. It's kind of like the first Christmas that you and I spent together, and we went to your family, and Jackson wasn't there because he was with his dad. It, it made me sad. But I've gotten better. Not that I still don't miss him when he's not able to attend those things. But, you know, again, the holidays can be a sad time. So yep. put as much laughter and love and fun into it as you can. Yeah. And just remember that no matter which side of this you're on, whether it's the holidays make you sad or the holidays make you happy, you may be around others that aren't that way. Um, so so keep that in mind. So and what I'm trying to say is if you're the type of person that it makes you sad because maybe you've lost loved ones or whatever – Try not to drag everybody else down. But at the same time, if you're on the other side where it makes you just ecstatic, realize that there are other people that might be struggling and try to help them out. Don't just push them off and go, oh, they're just fuddy-duddy or, oh, you know, they lost a parent a while back and I don't know what to do with them, so they're just going to have to get over it. I'm just happy. Mm-hmm. You know, Try to understand that there are other people that are, whether they're happier or sad or whatever, but everybody should be working together to to help one another look at the mental health issues of that and and try to be helpful give grace people give grace absolutely all right that's it all right folks have a good one and we will see you next week and remember life is good when you nacho thanks for listening to this episode of the nacho kids podcast find us online at nachokids.com Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.